0: teachers in this episode I'm going to teach you why it is so important to stay calm when you've got an escalating student we're going to look at a bit of brain science how your brain works how your students brain works in those sorts of situations and what you can do to keep the situation under control let's get into it All right, here we go. I'm just gonna have a look at a little bit of how your brain works when you are under pressure and what's happening in your student's brain when they are starting to escalate. If you have students that tend to throw tantrums if they're younger children or if they are older children, they tend to get escalated, aggressive, angry. Uh, They get into those fight, flight or freeze modes. Then there's some really important stuff you need to understand about what's going on in their brain and your brain and how to help you keep the situation under control. Now before I get into it, don't forget, at Karma Classrooms, we're all about helping teachers establish and maintain karma classroom environments so don't forget to subscribe or follow on whatever channel you are following us on and we look forward to keeping you up to date every single week all right here we go we're gonna get into it now I'm gonna uh, do a little bit of a, a diagram here for you because it's easy to understand it easier to understand when you can visualize it let's just pretend this is the brain okay I know it's not anatomically correct but I'm just gonna do a little bit of uh, Visualization for you. In our brain, there is a part called the amygdala, and the amygdala is responsible for your fight, flight, and freeze responses. Now, um, these are your instinct responses. Your instinct is what you do on autopilot. This is when you're not thinking about what you're doing, you're just doing it out of habit or you're doing it out of repetition. So one of the things that your instinct is uh, controlled by is your breathing. You don't think about breathing, you just Breathe, well at least I hope you do. And walking is another thing that you, you do on autopilot. Your brain has learned to control it without active prefrontal cortex thought. And your defense mechanisms are the same. The fight, flight or freeze defense mechanisms are all about helping you protect yourself when you feel like you're in danger. This is the same sort of mechanism that animals have. Like say for example, if you've ever watched a nature documentary and you see an antelope and when they get chased by a lion, They have this instinctive response that makes them run away and they do it in a split second They don't think about it. They just run to save their life So this part here the fight flight or freeze Part of your brain is what's happening when a student is escalating when someone is getting angry When they're starting to get out of control when they're starting to get distressed These are the reactions that are going on now this part of your brain is controlled by your emotions your emotions are interesting because they don't actually have language. There's no language in your emotions. They just feel. So you feel sad, you feel happy, you feel angry, you feel threatened, you feel scared, but you don't actually go through the process of thinking about why. You don't actually analyze the situation with your emotions. Now, your emotions, if they feel threatened, or they feel scared, or they're in danger, what they do is they talk to the amygdala, and they say, hey, time to activate our automatic responses. Time to get ready to fight, run away, or freeze, because we feel threatened or in danger. Now, here's the problem. You have somebody that is just controlled by their emotions, and you've probably met people like this, emotionally unregulated people we call them, or emotionally reactive people. They're people that just react on feeling. I feel scared, or I feel angry, or I feel sad, therefore I will react before I've thought about it. And we say things like this to kids, we say, now you need to think about what you're doing. What we're actually saying is we need you to engage another part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is your thinking part, it's your logic. Now your prefrontal cortex actually has a conversation with your emotions, in an emotionally healthy person. The prefrontal cortex will talk to the emotions and help them to analyze the situation. Let me give you an example, all right? Your prefrontal cortex collects data. It creates a story that influences your emotions' reactions. This is why it's so important that you manage your thoughts and manage the stories that you tell yourself because your emotions will end up triggering a response. So let me give you an example. If you're walking down the... uh, a a dark street in in say uh, a dangerous part of town, a part of town that you know is dangerous and there's been a lot of muggings, and you hear footsteps behind you, you hear somebody walking up behind you very quickly, your prefrontal cortex will take in all the data and say, okay, dangerous part of town, a lot of muggings, it's late at night, I'm by myself, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to get mugged right now. They will say to your emotions, it's okay to be scared, you have a reason to be scared, we need to do something about it. And so therefore your emotions will say, right, good, I'm, I'm scared right now. I need to get ready to either run away or get ready to fight. Okay, so your emotions take over and they get you ready for an instinctive response. Now there's something else that happens when your emotions take over. As soon as your emotions take over, they shut down communication to your prefrontal cortex. You stop thinking. You're just reacting at that stage. You know, an antelope doesn't sit there going, I wonder if I should run away from this lion today. No, it just reacts. Once the emotions take over, you're running or you're fighting. This is what's happening with the kids in your class when they're escalating. Once their emotions take over and they're in the reaction mode, they are no longer thinking. So saying things to them like you need to think about what you're doing or we need to have a conversation about this or I won't let you do what you want until you've had you know sat down and you've said sorry. Well, all of those kinds of things are all prefrontal cortex mechanisms or thinking modes, and they can't do that. Once they're in fight, flight or freeze mode, they can't think because that communication line is shut down. Now, let me give you an example of a, a, a more positive scenario. Let's say you're walking down the main main strip mall in your city, okay? And there's lots of people, there's bustling crowds, uh, and you hear somebody walking up quickly behind you. Because the context is different, your prefrontal cortex will do the same analysis. It will say, okay, busy street, lunchtime, lots of people around. That sound I hear behind you is my, me is probably not dangerous because it's just a busy, crowded mall. And so your prefrontal cortex will tell the emotions, just relax. You don't have to feel nervous. Don't have to feel stressed. We don't have to run away or get ready to fight because the context is different. And so when your emotions gets that signal, calms down, it doesn't uh, trigger the fight, flight, or freeze response because your thinking was able to uh, manage the situation. So if you've got a child that's in the emotional part of their brain, if they are reacting, They're not thinking. So trying to get them to think and trying to get them to talk is useless. It's a waste of time. All that will happen is they will react more the longer that you talk. The first thing you need to do is get them to calm down long enough so that it reopens this communication line, okay? They will only reopen the thinking part of their brain once they are calm. So the things you need to do in those situations is one, you need to stay calm. Because if you start to escalate, if you start to get uh, angry or you start to react to their behavior, what happens is you're going to do the same thing they do. You're actually going to go into your emotional brain. You're going to start reacting with a fight, flight or freeze response. You're going to stop thinking. And then instead of just having a student that's reacting, we've got a teacher that's reacting and a student that reacts. And guess what? You both escalate together. Okay? Okay. We don't need that. We don't need a situation where both student and teacher is reacting together. What we need is a teacher that remains calm and can calm the student down. If you stay calm, if you keep a lid on things, what will happen is your student will start to deescalate, they will start to calm down, then they will start to think, and once they're thinking, you can talk to them, you can uh, get them to say sorry, you can get them to um, you know keep giving account for what happened. But it doesn't happen in the moment, it happens after they're calm. Why is this so important? Another thing happens in your brain, it's called uh, matching. All right, You will match your emotions with the people that you are with. It's your brain's way of helping you to fit in. Uh, have you ever been with someone that's in a really good mood? And when they're in a really good mood, you walk away feeling good about yourself. You know there's some people that have, we say they have an infectious personality. Well, what that is, is your brain matches their emotion. If they're in a good mood, you're in a good mood. Have you ever been with somebody that's always miserable, that always complains, that's always negative? You walk away from a conversation with them feeling miserable, complaining, feeling like discouraged because your brain is matching their emotion. And so this happens when the kids are escalating as well. Your brain will naturally want to match the emotion of the child. You will naturally have a tendency to start reacting yourself. You will naturally have a tendency to feel threatened and feel scared and want to fight or run away. And so it's really important that you take over your own brain and manage that. The first thing you need to do is know how to calm yourself down in tense situations. If you you are naturally an emotionally reactive person, this is going to be more difficult for you, but it's not impossible. You need to step back from the escalating situation. You need to breathe slowly and calmly to keep yourself calm. You need to talk in an even measured tone so that you're actually not just keeping the child calm, but you're keeping yourself under control when you talk in an even measured tone tone it helps you to calm down when you are calm the child is more likely to stay calm so it is really important that you learn this keep calm no matter what all right there's that meme that going around and everybody adapts it for every situation they're in keep calm and well in this situation keep calm full stop all right No matter what's going on, whether they are throwing a chair at you, whether they are flipping a desk, whether they are swearing at you, whether they are disobeying you, you cannot afford to escalate. You need to stay calm. Now, here's my only caveat. I will say this. The only time you need to perhaps react in a manner that is uh, very escalated is if somebody is in harm's way or you are in harm's way. That's it. Okay? If property is getting damaged, you don't need to escalate. Don't worry, your school has insurance and you'll work it out. If a desk gets flipped over, as long as no child is being hurt, we can pick the desk up afterwards. Okay, If they're breaking stuff in the room, if they're swearing at you, you need to learn not to react to that. I always say I don't get upset by kids who swear at me because what? I'm going to lose sleep over a 13-year-old that calls me an F-wit? I don't care what 13-year-olds think of me and you need to be like that as well. You need to make sure that you keep your emotions under control so that you don't start escalating. Keep calm no matter what. When you stay calm, you're in your thinking brain you can make good decisions for both you and the student. And also when you keep calm, it calms the child down and it helps them to deescalate and it helps to put them back in their thinking brain. Then you can have an actual conversation with them. Then you can actually say, hey, tell me about what went on. I need to tell you that what you did was not acceptable and we need to fix that. But you can have a calm, measured conversation when everybody is calm and that starts with you. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you got a ton of value out of that episode. Don't forget to comment and let us know what you thought, or if you have specific topics you'd like us to cover, let us know in the comments and make sure you share and like if you know that somebody else will enjoy the content that we're producing. Until next time, I'm Tarun Stevenson for Karma Classrooms.